This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. Now, it was a turbulent tenure for Liz Truss. She took oath of office on the 6th of September. She came in with the promise to help the UK sail through the economic crisis, bring in reform. Truss said she had three priorities for the economy, growth, growth and growth. But her approach was controversial. Earlier this week, a YouGov poll found that only 10%, only 10% of the public supported Truss. YouGov later pointed out that 10% was a record low for any prime minister since the survey began some 22 years ago. So what really happened in the last 45 days? What did Truss go, or rather do, to earn such unpopularity? On the 6th of September, Queen Elizabeth II asked Truss to form a government. Two days later, the Queen passed away, and the nation plunged into a state of mourning. Truss's first challenge was to oversee that. But four days after the Queen's funeral, Truss's government unveiled the mini-budget. Truss promised a bold plan. She promised to deliver on the energy crisis, endorsed the mini-budget as a new era for the UK economy. But what was in this mini-budget? It scrapped a planned rise in corporate taxes. It cut income tax and stamp duty for home buyers. It also cut the income tax for the highest earners from 45% to 40%, as most of you rightly remember. The fallout of the mini-budget was massive. The markets were shocked. The pound plunged. The UK government bond yields skyrocketed. So much so that the Bank of England had to intervene with bond buyouts. Whatever it could do to reassure investors. Even the IMF criticized Truss's policies. In a rather rare rebuke, the International Monetary Fund said that Truss's policies, quote-unquote, were likely to increase inequalities. Even the U.S. criticized its ally. President Joe Biden said that he thought Truss's policies were a mistake. By the first week of October, headlines like these were already asking whether Truss is indeed the worst prime minister in the history of the United Kingdom. Kwasi Kwarteng was sacked as Chancellor. He was one of Truss's most loyal allies. His resignation letter read, and I'm quoting, you have asked me to stand aside as your Chancellor, I have accepted. Truss's critics were not convinced. They wanted the Prime Minister to step down. Truss kept insisting that she's a fighter, not a quitter. But at one point, she too had to admit that her policies went too far and too fast. So, she staged an economic reversal, another controversial move, and her new Chancellor Jeremy Hunt was given that task. The UK's former Brexit negotiator David Frost likened Truss to Henry VI, you know, the 15th King. Here's what Frost wrote about Truss in the Daily Telegraph. A weak figurehead, unable to control the forces around her, occasionally humiliated, and disposed of when she has become inconvenient. Better to go now. This was the popular opinion that Truss was losing the mandate to stay in office. Truss's own party had lost confidence in her. And it seems that so had the apolitical monarch. 
During Truss's penultimate week in office, she went to the Buckingham Palace to meet King Charles for her weekly audience. She curtsied and said, Your Majesty. King Charles replied, So you've come back again. And to that, Truss replied, It's a great pleasure. Dear, oh dear, replied the British King. The popular displeasure with regard to Truss's policies and her handling of the economic crisis was no secret. In more ways than one, analysts saw her resignation coming. When Truss's Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, resigned, it was the last nail on the coffin. Braverman spared no words to criticize Truss in her resignation letter. We already read that out for you. But I think it's worth a revisit. So allow me to quote now. I'm quoting Braverman, Braverman again. Pretending we haven't made mistakes, carrying on as if everyone can't see that we have made them and hoping that things will magically come right is not serious politics.